I have like a day now. It's um, me, Alan Smith, with Weasel by Stories with the day's Prison Journal on uh, Monday, January the 3rd. So, a very happy New Year to you. It's my first um, Doric Express since New Year, since I was near P&J's on uh, Saturday the 1st. Um, I thought there was other papers, but in this near P&J's. So, anyway, front um, page of the paper today is um, Legal fight looms as high rises when protected status. Aberdeen Council lawyers are to be called into action over the controversial A-listing of city high-rises. The Scottish Government's heritage body last week confirmed that five of the buildings should be awarded the highest protected status despite the Council's appeal against the recommendation. But the local authority is gearing up for a fight, with leader Jenny Lang saying their legal experts will be summoned on the first day back after the festive break to consider their case for a judicial review. The Government's Planning and Environmental Appeals Division decided that Marshall Court, Virginia Court, Gilcomston Land, Port Hill Court, Seamount Court with its shops and car park should be given the same Category A status as Marshall College in the Music Hall. Mrs Lang said she was bitterly disappointed but added it is her intention to discuss the matter with her legal team to see if there are grounds for, the, for their appeal. So, well, I'm not exactly sure if I would muck up for, you know, this decision to say that that day. Uh, High-rises are in the same category as Marshall College in the Music Hall, but I think 99 folk at 100 would say they're nay. But um, anyway, I'm sure the council will uh, do their best to have them remove that fuck list. It just seems a bit of a gap it to me. Now, here's a rare uh, story just before Christmas. A thrilled grand scoops 30 grand in the lottery win. So a Highland grandmother has started 2022 in style after winning the jackpot on a scratch card. Uh, Hannah Dewar, known to everybody as Val, is still pinching at herself after winning a brand new BMW X2 and a cash sum of £30,000 on a National Lottery scratch card just three days before Christmas. Uh, the 79-year-old bought the ticket for Morrison's in Alness uh, as a way of cheering herself up after a trip to the dentist. But it wasn't until she got home to Tain that she scratched off the foil to discover her prices, and even then she nearly missed out. Uh, she said, I've been to the dentist and I decided to buy myself a couple of scratch cards to cheer myself up. Uh, mine on it because I was chatting to the wifey behind the counter at Morrison's, uh, who funnily enough was also called Val. And uh, being a few days before Christmas, the shop was very busy, so I decided to wait until I got home to scratch them. I bide in a farmhouse with a big open fire, and normally when I have scratched the cards, if I haven't won anything, I just throw them into the fire. Uh, strangely, that day the fire wasn't lit, and boy am I glad about that. I had scratched one side, and I was about to scrunch it up before I realised I had missed the second side. I was just sitting there in astonishment at £130,000 in a car. It was almost 9 o'clock at night, so it was too late to phone anybody to tell them about the win. Um, I had a rather sleepless night thinking about everything before I spoke to my daughter and was able to call the National Lottery in the morning. Um, so she's been in a firm for more than 40 years in the air and she's enjoyed a quiet Christmas with her daughter, son-in-law and grandchildren with a luxury dinner ordered from a local caterer. Uh, and although she's uh, yet to decide what to do with the money, she plans to treat herself. Before the pandemic, eh, she regularly explored the Highlands in her camper van with her trusty 10-year-old collie Tess by her side. While she admits she doesn't really care much about cars, she has already decided white is her chosen colour for a new BMW, which will be delivered imminently, and she is looking forward to travelling in style with the boots by her side. Um, she said, Tess is my best friend and goes everywhere with me. I have a camper van and before the pandemic we would travel all over the Highlands. Um, I really hope we can do this again soon, although Tess will be sitting in the lap of luxury, 
thanks to the new BMW that will be traveling in. So my goodness, what a rare uh, thing to win just before Christmas and then, um, you know, absolutely brilliant. And thank Lord if she hadn't lit the fire that day, otherwise she could have been needing the wiser and uh, 30 grand in a BMW doing. So uh, well done to her. I'm sure she had a lot of pals now. And, um, good on her. Now here's a story about the school traffic up in Elgin. So uh, school traffic is halved after road closures. Uh, so the number of children being driven to school at two Elgin primaries has halved since temporary street closures were brought to the, in at the gates. Uh, safety concerns surrounded new Elgin and Seafield schools due to some parents driving children in and collecting them afterwards. Uh, families and nearby residents expressed their fears about the large number of cars on the road moving at bell times, which heightened when school crossing patrollers were axed in 2019. Murray Council launched a pilot scheme in March that involved closing surrounding streets temporarily for 30 minutes at drop-off and pick-up times to create a safe space for kids while promoting walking. Talks are now underway following the initial nine-month trial over how successful the scheme has been, with councillors expected to discuss the issue in February. New Elgin and Seafield are two of the biggest primary schools in Murray, with a combined role of about 800. Concerns about traffic at the gates of New Elgin led to the bobbies being called on one occasion to monitor vehicles, even, witness, even witnessing drivers ignoring school crossing patrollers when they were still used. Uh, the closure, closures in Elgin have already been used elsewhere in Scotland to make the area at the gates less congested and safer. Um, so they're just saying, um, obviously it is halved at New Elgin and we have had a similar pattern in Seafield but from a lower level. The other thing that has been really positive is that while some children are still being driven to school, they're now being brought right up to the gate which keeps the school street at a, as a special place for kids to walk about safely. New Elgin and Seafield were selected for the trial due to the concerns about the number of cars outside the gates. Uh, both also have a significant proportion of pupils within a short distance, making it easier to walk or cycle to class. So, well, that's a very good thing, I would say. And, um, you know, I'm sure the kids can walk for like five minutes or something like that to get to class. And if there's any cars going about, then it's just ideal. So a very good idea, and I'm sure they'll keep it um, going. And, um, you know... Harking back to my old day, I used to have to walk or bike a couple of miles just to catch a bus to Thurston Finn School and then up to that uh, great uh, seat of uh, education up to Bain Academy. And, uh, you know, I was in that half an hour run and um, it snow, rain, hail, shine, whatever it was, you, had to, you didn't get off in that days. And, uh, well, mind you, it never did my health a lot of good, but anyway, I get to school every day. Now, here's a story about a man <coughs> kept a, a secret for 50 years. He was actually a fugitive for a bank robbery. Um, so, this, uh, for more than 50 years, a man in the United States kept a secret that even his family knew about until just before his death. He was a fugitive, wanted over a bank robbery. Just before Thomas Randell died, his wife asked his friends and co-workers to come to their house. Um, but his cancer was so bad by them that you know he could hardly speak, so they left without them being told his biggest secret of all. So for the past 50 years, he was a fugitive wanted over one of the largest bank robberies in Cleveland's history. Um, you know, after he'd, he'd done the robbery, he was working there as a, a teller and he realised the security was pretty lax and he stole $215,000, which was um, about $1.6 million and would be worth now. Um, so anyway, after he'd done it, he um, he just stopped communicating with his, his family uh, for a bed. And he moved to uh, Boston, and he met a new client there, and then um, they got married. And uh, 
you know, it wasn't until just on his deathbed that he owned up to the whole thing. And it turned out there was like a uh, um, U.S. Marshal had been hunting him for like God knows the time for a long, long time. And then for that Marshal retired, his son was a Marshal now, and he's now the the big chief uh, Marshal in for Cleveland. And um, he was on the case now, so they've been looking for him for all this time. And then, um, you know, it wasn't until he told the family, and then they had um, owned up to the authorities that they've realised what would happen. So he um, he had just applied for a new name, a new social security number in uh, in Boston, and you know he lived the rest of his days with that. And uh, they're not sure if it happened to the money. They says he lived a quite a comfortable life, but um, in 2014, him and his wife filed for bankruptcy protection. So. It must have been gone somewhere along the way, but uh, quite a story, and I'm pretty sure it'll be a film about this before you can say uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime. Now, just to finish up with sport as normal, so back page of the paper today is um, Dawn's boss Glass insists the only way is up in 2022. Uh, Everybody manager Stephen Glass is aiming to hit back hard in the second half of the season after an inconsistent first half of the campaign. The Dawn's ended 2021 in sixth place of the Scottish Premiership thanks to a 2 1 win against Dundee at Petodrian Boxing Day. So, well, I would certainly agree with Stephen Glass that, um, as far as everybody's concerned, the only way is up. They need to be, you know, near the top name, middle for diddle, like further just now. So, um, I think he's got quite a good squad of players, and, you know, time will tell if he's the man to lead him on to better things. But, uh, new year, new Aberdeen, hopefully. So, come on, Aberdeen! Now, that's me done for now. Just a wee puckly stories about the day's P&J on Monday, January the 3rd. So, as I say, a very happy new year to everybody, forever you're listening to this podcast. Um, and it is uh, 22 countries now that there's somebody has listened to it at some point. So, it's um, very, very good. And, um, you know, if we can get a puckle of our listeners, and it would be just spreading the word of Doric uh, further afield as far as we can. It'd be a great thing. So, very pleasant day up in the Berenice today. I was uh, near about, uh, started off a bit mocky in the morning, drizzly kind of stuff, but it brightened up and it was uh, very, very pleasant indeed. So um, here's hoping it continues, but um, then I think it is. We're speaking about SNA. I think that's the next thing we're getting. So it, uh, we kind of complain with a decent run up till now. So as I say, thank you for listening to this podcast. If you can tell somebody else about it, that would just be dandy. And if you can leave a review for it uh, some way, then that would just be tip top. So, in the meantime, thank you. Cheers now. Toodaloo. What the Constitution speaks of what the rules are then. Longfield, Nellfield, Manorfield and Panorfield. Lights of awful stories that you've made in a kill.